Welcome into the Hard Edge Podcast. My name is Phil. And I'm Stacy. And this is a podcast devoted to reviewing and breaking down horror movies, both new and old. Good and downright fucking terrible with me. Somebody loves horror movies and always has. And me who married into it. And we're still a relatively new podcast. And with that being said, if you enjoyed today's show, please make sure to subscribe, share with your friends to help us grow. But really, the best way that you can help us out is by dropping a review. It takes you about five seconds and it helps us out more than you can imagine. So no matter where it is that you're listening to this, Spotify, Apple, uh, Anchor, anywhere really, uh, do us a real quick favor. Hop into the review section, drop a five star. It truly helps uh, more ears get in this podcast, which helps us grow tremendously. And I really much appreciate it. Uh, we are on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at the horror's edge and this is the best way to get in contact us whether that's through direct messaging but most importantly commenting on some of the posts that we make on there let us know before you listen whether you love or hate the movie and after you listen whether you agree or disagree and why we we love having those conversations hearing the different viewpoints really makes this more of an open discussion and i absolutely love hearing it and today we are going to be discussing 1999's the blair witch project Stacy, you have never seen this before. Never. What did you know about this movie? Because it's hard to grow up in this time and not know anything about it. So I knew that it was like a, what do you call it? Like a first person point of view where it, the camera mm-hmm. is basically in the actor's hands. Um, I obviously knew of like the famous scene um, in the woods uh, with the young lady, um, but I didn't really know much about it growing up. I heard bits and pieces, but I never saw it. Um, didn't really know if it was like a true story, um, anything like that. So I definitely went in with an open mind. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm very curious on how you're taking it because I, I know for a fact we're very different in this. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, and it very, very much has to do with how invested into this I was as a kid. Yeah. So uh, I think in that that probably would play a role. Maybe if I seen this earlier, it might have made me have different viewpoints, but it it definitely didn't hit the same way that it probably hit for other people. Well, it's also uh, how we grew up was very different. You were right outside of a major city. I was in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And guess where this movie takes place? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the woods. Yeah, I don't um, like being outdoorsy. I don't like hiking. I don't like tenting, whatever you want to call it. Um, camping? Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, tenting. Oh, that blasted tenting. Shut up. And the point is, is I don't have a lot of experience in the woods. So I could see where I don't have a lot of relatability to this setting. Yep. So the vast majority of the time that I went camping as a child, it, it was at campground. So it's not like it was just, hey, let's grab a tent and go for a hike in the middle of the woods. It was, yeah. hey, let's go to Knobles and uh, throw Shout a tent out to <laughs> Yeah, the best damn uh, uh, amusement park that safety never saw. Super um, fun. So uh, that aspect of it I didn't have, but I, I practically lived in the woods. There was absolutely nothing to do. I I grew up in the Poconos, Pennsylvania, and there was one other person inside of my community that was even close to my age, uh, and that's a pretty big area. That's yeah. like a three-mile uh, community that I grew up in, but it was all vacation houses, uh, 
and it was nothing to do at all. We had a lake that we could hang out by, but most of the time we would just go in the game lands and just go exploring. And if you made a wrong turn when you were in there, good luck finding your way back because you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like absolute middle of nowhere. And we did this on a daily basis, like every day. Uh, I think that we only got lost in there once, but we found our way out shortly before nightfall. Um, but this type of stuff was always in the back of my head. Now, 1999, we had dial-up inter- internet connection, but this is when the internet started becoming big. Uh, and the way that they advertised this movie was different than how any movie previously ever advertised it. They made this seem like this was a real thing. Yeah. Like, we found the footage of three people who went missing in Burkittsville, Maryland, several years ago, and... Oh, so that's how they advertised it? Was it, oh, it yeah. was like a, like a true story? It, this is the first found footage movie that I know of. There might have been one before, but this is the first big one. And they advertised it as, this is real. So you go in there thinking, holy shit. And a book came out before this just called The Blair Witch project i believe and my uh english teacher at the time recommended it to us and this book was absolutely nothing but interviews of family members of heather josh and uh mike and uh interviews from people burkittsville maryland and lore of the blair witch Hmm. lore of russ and parr his police records like it seemed so fucking real and then this movie came out and it changed everything about horror for me everything like everything prior to this was just over the top stuff friday the 13th where a man with a machete can take all the damage in the world and whatever nightmare on elm street guy comes to life in your dreams this Um, is realistic it where a clown can yeah. transform into a werewolf and chase you around. It scared the shit out of me. This movie terrified me in a whole new way because it seemed so real. Everything about it, the advertising for it, uh, the lead up to it, the interviews, the the book, the like. I was searching online any chance that I could before this movie came out to get as much information. Now, I don't remember the first time that I saw it. I'm 99% sure I went to theaters. And I was talking to my dad with it uh, about this earlier today. He saw it as well. He can't remember how we saw it the first time either, whether we rented it from the video store after I had his theater run or he ended up taking me to theaters for it. He hates horror, so I doubt that he took me to theaters. It yeah. was probably something along the lines that we rented it. But I became completely fixated on this movie like up and down this was everything for me for a while see now if i had that leading up to this um if i had the background of like feeling like the advertisements i think it would have changed my perspective of the movie but because i don't have anything to kind of fall back on and all i have is like hey it's like a cult classic type of thing and i don't have any memories from back when it came out to now it it didn't hit the same way 
and we can get into that as as the podcast goes on. So you're already on. diving into what you think of it. So we might as well jump into the our personal ratings of this, what we thought of it. Um, we're keeping this completely spoiler free until we say there are spoilers. So as a heads up, we're not spoiling anything just yet. Uh, I recommend that you go in and you watch this film blind. Maybe look up some of the uh, teaser trailers and stuff like that that was actually getting pushed out there. Man, they even had a website too, theblairwitchproject.com. I remember going on it all the time. Anyway, uh, check the movie out, get your own opinion. Uh, But we are doing spoiler free to start. The way that we review movies, very similar to anybody else. One through ten, one dog shit terrible. Ten, absolutely amazing. Everybody should see this. Five, it's very average. I'm terrified to ask, but what (laughs) what did you give this movie? A two. Oh my god. Okay, go ahead. I couldn't I couldn't do a one because I feel like that would be like it wouldn't give it justice, but I gave it a two. I I don't know what to tell you. I did not enjoy this movie. I'm gonna get dragged in the comments. I know it. And No, it's very decisive today. It before it it wasn't, but it's very decisive today. But but let me just say, like I've said before, I don't have anything to lead up to this. I halfway through the movie thought it was a true story and then figured out it's not a true story it's it's fictional i think mm-hmm. that's what the word means yep. um it, the, the main thing for me and, and this just goes through all the movies i hate shaky camera work i cannot stand it it makes me sick to my stomach i can't focus and that's all this movie really was was firsthand shaky sometimes the camera fell like I don't like that. So that in itself was going to knock this movie down very low for me. And it didn't scare me. It did not give me that like uneasy feeling of I got to watch my back. I got to kind of like close the blinds to watch this movie. Like I didn't get that feeling. And it's funny because that would normally get me that that type of movie I have to watch something that if it scares me, I have to then watch like something that's super happy, unicorns, rainbows, whatever, something to get me out of that. I was I slept perfectly fine after this movie. <laughs> perfectly fine. Not a care in the fucking world. Slept like a baby. huh? Yes. So I'm sorry, everybody, but it's a two for me. Maybe if I had some background knowledge and watched it maybe 20 years ago, maybe I would feel differently. But since I've been forced into this genre, this is not what scares me. So it's a two. Gotcha. What did you give this? Because I know. Ten. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. I love this movie. It To this day, it's one of the very few movies that still terrifies me. Uh, so we actually broke this up into two days. We were watching this last night after we recorded 10 Cloverfield Lane and Stacy was just falling asleep. Because it wasn't uh, holding my attention. Oh, but it, fuck off. That's but it also, it also was. <laughs> it was 11 o'clock at It was 11 night. o'clock at night. You were falling but, asleep. But um, it also did not hold my attention. And, like, I went to bed and <laughs> I had to turn something else on. <laughs> and it makes it <laughs> we so funny because you I, are not that way at not all. Not at all. No, at not all. at all. But, like, I vividly remember nightmares as a kid from this movie. I, the exact nightmares, I still remember them. Um... <laughs> And re-watching it, I was like, man, I really hope that this lives up to the hype that I gave this from when I was a kid. And it still scares me. The 
uh, I wish there found was a, footage like a baby noise because you're being a big baby. <laughs> <laughs> found footage films. This is the first one that I know of, and there I've probably seen seventy of them uh, up to this point. None of them did it as good. There are some that did it very good, like Hell House LLC. I was going to say I remember watching that with you previous to this podcast, but mm-hmm. but we did watch it, and that one did scare me. Yeah, that one legitimately freaked me out again it gave me the heebie-jeebies it, that's for a, sure it's um it still is kind of a, like a shaky first person but it's not as bad and that's um, what takes me away from it is it doesn't feel authentic in any yeah. way shape or form the production is way too good the yeah. camera work is way too good this is literally some people three people with a camera in the middle of the woods go and uh like there are a fan theories behind this uh was there even a Blair Witch was this just uh the psyche of people lost in the woods and how your mind plays tricks on you and all this other shit uh but man everything about this the uh actors and actresses there's only three of them let's be real there's a couple people that they interview in the beginning but they don't count they all play their part really well uh, they look genuinely terrified yeah. whenever they're on, uh, whenever they're supposed to be. They're losing their minds when they're supposed to be losing their minds. And when you get into learning about how this film was made, you you see why. Um, to me, a film that spent $60,000 and profited $258 million. That's crazy. That tells you this is a good movie. But... It, a lot of that hype came from their advertising. Uh, there was nothing like it previous to this. And that brought me into this entire world before I even saw this movie to where this movie had to really suck for me to go out of that theater and say anything other than this is awesome. Yeah. Um, and to me, it hit the boxes that I was looking for. Um now let's jump into spoilers because there's so much that I want to say that I can't dive into right here that I was about to. I just want to say, I we will get into the spoilers, but I love the fact that we completely flipped on this where you are scared shitless mm-hmm. and I could give two shits what this movie is. It just, <laughs> it, it's perfect because it, I never would have expected that. I think you had an idea that I would feel that way, but... I've surprised you before with my ratings. No, I it, it, we were briefly talking this morning, which typically we don't do yeah. until we hit record, but yeah. you fucked up by having to go to sleep. You're pathetic and weak. <laughs> and because of your pathetic and weakness, um, it gave us too much time to talk about it. And I instantly knew when I was telling you, yeah, this movie's still scary. You didn't like it and you weren't scared of it. Yeah. So whatever uh it just full- it's great i love it i love the fact <laughs> that you are actually scared and we have it on recording that you were scared of a movie oh i i've said on here many times i'm i'm easy to frighten <laughs> uh, like no joke i do get scared during horror movies but i love that feeling i yeah. truly love it this movie i do not love that fear yeah uh this is it feels too real it feels like like you say like it could happen but I don't have that. Back. And I grew up in it, and right. it, like it, it, it's one of my fears. Mm-hmm. Uh, this and drowning—that that's the two big ones right there. Yeah. Uh, and the darkness in the woods. Who 
it gets me. Well, it, it does. Really it plays does. tricks on you because you you there was parts where you think, oh, did I just see something? But it wasn't anything. It was just your mind playing tricks. So I, I can understand that. Yeah. All right. Let's so, get into spoilers. It. Uh, if you have not seen this film, go see it. We rented it from the library. I can't tell you where it's video on demand, but I'm sure most of the places of video on demand. This will be there. And you, to you add probably to just their two hundred and forty six right? million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um. So before we even jump into like a scene by scene breakdown, some of the cool stuff about this movie is the trivia behind it. Because, uh, like I said, the build up to the movie, how the movie was shot, how the movie was advertised, that's what made this movie to me. So uh, at about 46 minutes, there is a scene where the main actors are sleeping in a tent at night. The tent suddenly violently shakes and they all get scared. This was completely unscripted, and the director shook the tent while the actors and actresses were sleeping, and the actors and actresses were actually terrified, and they kept the first take. Wow. (laughs) This film was in the Guinness Book of World Records for top-budget box-office ratio for a mainstream feature film. The film cost $60,000 to make, and they made back $248 million, a ratio of $1 spent for every $10,931 $10,931 made. That's insane. And that number keeps climbing. The director kept in touch with actors Heather Donahue, Michael Williams, and Joshua Leonard via walkie-talkies to ensure the three would not become lost during the trek. Reportedly, they got lost three times. Wait, so those are actually their names? Heather, yeah. Mike, and... Wow. Yep, so people watching this film who knew them previously would be like, oh shit, that is Heather Donahue. Or that is Mike Williams, or that is Josh Leonard. Um, that makes yet it. Yet another thing to add right, to that it. definitely adds to the the freakiness because you look them up and that's their real names. So uh, the, the director uh, had very little contact with the people. They gave him a very loose script and just said, "Go." So each day they got a small provision of food and reportedly they were giving them like less and less food each day. And the reason that they were doing that is they were trying to build up their anger and stuff like that as they were filming. Uh, so that way when they got to the scenes where they were fighting with each other that they became more agitated and it was more real. Yeah. And sure enough, they got it. Uh, Heather Donahue's mother received sympathy calls from people who believed that their daughter was actually missing or dead. Holy shit. Took only eight days from start to finish to shoot this film. Impressive. One of the video cameras used the used by the actors was bought at Circuit City. After the <laughs> filming was complete, the producers returned the camera for a refund, making their budget money go even further because they couldn't <laughs> afford to keep it. That's a hilarious <laughs> Circuit City. Yep. Uh, at around forty six minutes, the Blair Witch was supposed to be seen in the movie. As the characters were running out of their tent, Heather goes, oh my god, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? The cameraman was supposed to pan to the left, where the audience would briefly see a woman wearing a white gown in the distance. But the cameraman forgot to pan left, and the scene was never reshot. So they were supposed to show the Blair Witch in this, but they, the cameraman forgot to turn to get a picture of it and then get them back in the shot. And they didn't realize that until after the actors and actresses left. Um, and they left it without, and thank God that they left it out. To promote discord between the actors, the director deliberately gave them less food each day of shooting. Uh, three leads believed that the Blair Witch was a real legend during filming, 
though, of course, they knew that the film that they were making was fake. Only after the film's release did they discover the entire mythology was made up by the film's creators. Everything about this was made up. Wow. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean... They they went in knowing that they were making a fake movie, but they thought it was based on something true. Yep. Holy shit. Yep. And the final what day of great shooting, marketing for them. Everything about this. The final day of shooting took place on Halloween night. Oh, the shit. crew had planned on wrapping up one day before, but the camera had run out of batteries due to the camera light requiring an additional day of shooting. Numerous fans were so convinced of the Blair Witch's existence, like me, that they flocked to Maryland in hopes of discovering the legend. They apparently did not read the closing credits of the film. So inside of the closing credits, it did say that it wasn't fake, but you would have to sit there throughout the whole thing to see it. To maintain the film's fear factor, the three actors agreed to stay in character for the entire eight days of filming. Periodically, if an actor had to break from character, then the remaining two actors also had to break from character, but only collectively reciting their safety word, taco. So they had a safe word, so that way they could get out of character. Uh, The cracking sounds were made by the directors and their assistants, walking up to the camp's perimeter, breaking sticks and tossing them in various directions. So they were literally fucking with these people while they were in the woods, and they didn't know that it was happening. There was nothing about it in the script. Wow. That really is terrifying. It goes on and on and on. Uh, Heather Donahue told uh, Fangoria magazine that the final scene was so terrifying for her that she kept hyperventilating and crying long after they finished shooting. I could see that. Man, it just keeps going. I mean... Yes, I knocked it, but like the acting in the movie was good. It, it's not that the acting wasn't good. It just didn't hold up to what I expected. Like, I didn't know what to expect because, again, it's many, 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 many years ago. But it sucks because I, I wanted to have this like awesome movie that I have never seen. And it's like a cult classic. So it's disappointing in that. But they did the actor and actress they they did phenomenal. Their, yeah. their acting was spot on. It really was like they were terrified. But so at some point we're gonna get into the Blair Witch uh, Project Two, which, whew, uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. But man, it was a big pile of shit compared to this. And I can almost guarantee you, you're gonna like that movie more than this one. <laughs> uh, the production value is way better. It's got an actual soundtrack to it, a whole bunch of stuff that you're gonna be like, yeah, this is way better than the Blair Witch Project. And I'm just gonna get infuriated. <laughs> <laughs> well, how uh, is that different than any other time? <laughs> so let's do a scene by scene breakdown yeah. of this. Uh, before I do, you can really sum this up into about four sentences. Uh, three people go in the woods to film a documentary. They lose a map. They yell at each other about a map. They hear noises. And they find a house and fall down. So did they ever say like exactly how long they were in the woods for? I counted five nights, but I could be wrong. Okay, because I was trying to keep track on exactly how many days and nights it was. Because um, I thought I read something within the movie that something like on day three is when like the witch came out or something but maybe i'm completely off um track 
Um, yeah, so, so just... every night things got progressively more Works. intense. Yeah. Uh, let me do a quick search on it. Keep talking. Yeah, no, I was just curious um, about how many nights they were in there and uh, kind of if it was based on the fact that, like, the longer they were in, the more crazy they got. And then I was thinking maybe they were, um, like, obviously hallucinating, but they had spoken previously when they first got together about smoking weed. So then I thought maybe they were just high and they weren't actually lost. And they were just kind of thinking all this stuff up. So that was just my thought. Gotcha. Uh, I can't find anything about exactly how long that they were in there uh, with, that, with a real quick search anyway. But I, I'm assuming that uh, it, it was roughly five nights. Gotcha. I could be wrong there. Gotcha. Um, but an actual scene-by-scene uh, -scene breakdown. So it gives the title card, and it's just super basic. Uh, Times New Roman, The Blair Witch Project, and it's shaky which I think is awesome how it's shaky like that, because once again, it's showing you that this is very much uh, home oh, footage. Mm -hmm. This whole thing reminds me of, we have a camcorder that we use every now and again in our house, and if I were to hit record and record something, this is how I would record it. Yeah. Like, it's Heather holding it, and at the beginning, she's just doing interviews with uh, her uh, fellow co-workers, Joshua and uh just talking back and forth like hey Joshua say hi to the camera yeah. and then they go to meet Mikey this is the first time that they meet Mikey uh they they never knew him previous but they needed his expertise for this that was my other question so Heather and Josh knew each other but yeah. Mikey was just kind of like a third person that kind of they got into the, the documentary yeah and I would say the the camera situation like Obviously, back in the day, the cameras were not as good as they are now. Even our camcorder is, it's great, but it's not where it could be because it's many years old at this point. Yeah, but yes. not to mention I make it to the lowest settings so that way I don't have to change <laughs> memory cards. No, every... <laughs> but I definitely remember like growing up and my parents would have like the the thing, the camera on their shoulder and then they would also have to have like a purse thing to carry where the mm -hmm. tape was and everything. And then at some point you had to plug it actually into the TV so you could only go certain distances with the camcorder. That's kind of the more footage that I would I would compare it to is like obviously back in the day camera footage versus now. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It is kind of shaky when you first kind of open it up and you're trying to like zoom in, focus. That's yeah. the, the filming that you get. Yeah, especially back then because the, uh, I believe all the dates were October of 94 is when this actually happened and the movie was released in 99, so all that completely makes sense. Yep. Um, so the movie starts out where they uh, do a whole bunch of interviews with townsfolk uh, from Burksville, Maryland, uh, where all this stuff supposedly took place. And uh, they were talking about high number of kids, uh, deaths back in the 40s. They were talking about Rustin Parr. Rustin Parr was a person, basically a hermit. He lived in the middle of the woods, and uh, he showed up into City Hall one day and said the deed is done and confessed to the murders of seven kids. He took them back to his house, and sure enough, seven missing children were in his basement dead. And uh, the way that he would kill them is he would make... He would kill them two at a time. He would make one stand in the corner, kill one, and then he would kill the one standing in the corner. The reason that he did that is because he didn't want the eyes judging him of the other kid. And he killed the seven kids because a woman in the woods told him that he had to do it. Um, they were talking about Coffin Rock back in 
uh, the 1800s, uh, there was a child that went missing and a group of, I believe that it was either six or seven people went to look for the kid and they were not heard from. So they sent a search party for the search party. They found them all like coffin rock, uh, naked, disemboweled, tied together by the wrists in a pentagram. Um, and then just tons of other, um, different stories yeah they it didn't take very long but they went through snippets of the Blair Witch lore at the beginning to kind of give you a background of the Blair Witch because obviously nobody outside of this area had heard of it because it's a local legend right similar to the Jersey Devil you might have heard of the Jersey Devil but you know nothing else about it that's exactly what I was going to make the comparison to so it's we're in Jersey so everybody talks about this Jersey Devil and that's exactly what I thought of when they started talking about this Blair Witch. I was like, oh, my God. So, because who knows if that's real or not? I, I don't oh, know. It's not. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. It's not. But the point is, is you, no matter where you live, there's some sort of legend. So I could see where no matter where in the country you are viewing this type of movie, there's something that you've heard of through generations of rumors and gossip of something like this. So. I thought that was cool that they kind of put that um, in play, I guess, because it, it's very relatable. Yeah. So Coffin Rock was the first actual landmark that they were searching for throughout the woods, and they find it, they film their scene at it, and then they go looking for a graveyard, I believe. And uh, they keep... Heather's the one in charge of the map trying to get to the graveyard, and... She can't, it seems like they're lost. She keeps being like, oh man, we're so close right now. And Mike's like, what's going on? He said that we were really close. She's like, yeah, we got about another two hour hike. We got about another hour and a half to go. We got another 45 minutes. Oh man, we're close now. Now wasn't she like, didn't she hike all the time? Yeah. She, she hikes for, for fun, for fun. So she doesn't know how to read a map. Uh, we'll we'll get into fan theories and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff after. Okay. With that, I, I just uh, was just curious. remind me. Yeah, remind you, me let about me that. put a little note. Um, I'll put Heather and map, and then you'll. There, there's know. a lot of complaining about the map and being lost, and they get to this one point where there are piles of rocks everywhere. Yeah. They're hung up in the trees, like there's baskets in the trees with rocks. There's piles of rocks on the ground, and Josh accidentally knocks one over. Uh, it's kind of important that I think Josh is the one who knocked one over, uh, to remember. So they go camping because they were supposed to be back. However, they couldn't find their way back. So, Hey, no big deal. Let's just camp for the night. We'll figure it out in the morning. And they had like a certain time frame of what they were. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they only had two days of filming. They rented the camera. They rented a whole bunch of stuff and all that needed to be back. Understood. Uh, and Josh had to go to work and all, all that stuff. Uh, they wake up in the middle of the night hearing banging in the woods. And it's very quiet as far as what we can hear. But yeah. they can hear it clearly. But we can still hear it. And it, <clears throat> if you are camping in the woods, that's kind of how you hear it. You're, you're like, do you hear that? Yeah. No, I don't hear anything. Well, <laughs> Listen closer, and then as you start listening closer, you're going to hear something, because animals are nocturnal. So while you're sleeping in the middle of the night, out in the middle of the woods, 
you'll hear deer walking around. You'll hear all types of different noises that you're not used to because during the day, those animals aren't there. Yeah. Um, well, and your your senses are heightened because you are already nervous that you're kind of in this unknown place. I know when we used to just camp out in the backyard, I could never last because the noises of the animals and the different yeah. sounds that I'm not used to, that that freaks me out. So I could see we're now watching this movie not that I loved camping before, but it's not going to be a joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, nothing else really happens. They just hear some noises. They wake up day two, and it's just downpour rain. And they're heading back to the car. Once again, they can't find it. So they go to camp again. At that night, they hear the banging again. And uh, I wrote a note. While this movie shows nothing, it does such a great job of showing nothing. And what I mean by that is... Uh, I'm so glad that it doesn't show like things moving in the background. Yeah, and it all lets that. your mind do the wandering. Yep. With just the simple noises and the simple things that they do show in the dark and kind of I know there was one part where I thought there was a lady in the woods, like a dark haired um I guess a witch. Mm -hmm. Um I know that that's not true because they no. never showed it. But I'm saying, but you're looking for things, but you're constantly like looking to say, wait, did I just see that? Right. So in that aspect, it it's freaky because your mind is playing the tricks that are not there. Yep. So when they wake up that morning, uh, there are three piles of rocks outside of the tent. Now, to me, that kind of means maybe previously they did find the graveyard that they were looking for. And the graveyard was those massive piles of rocks yeah. each one representing some type of uh symbolism for one of the children that was murdered or something along those lines and I now that they have three them. piles of rocks there are three of them yeah. they're going to be joining that graveyard yeah um so the map is lost at this point they can't find it heather doesn't have it mike doesn't have it josh doesn't have it heather was the one in charge so they are pissed as fuck at heather yeah uh specifically josh he he can't believe it uh and you know, like this is going on for a while and mike is laughing his ass off later on and he kicked the map into the creek he's like yeah the map was useless you couldn't find your way out with the map so i got rid of it so that really set them off like when they found out that um mike had just thrown the map away I mean, the anger that they showed him was ridiculous, but I mean, for good reason. You freaking took the map when we're lost and you just said, ah, we don't need it. it wasn't working. Yep. Um, so from here, uh, they decide that they are just going to head south. That's all that they're going to do. They're going to go straight south. Uh, Heather has the compass, so that's what they're going to do. And as they're hiking... They get to this point where they just see tons of what's called uh, Tawans or stick men or stick Indians. Uh, and you see them all over the place, yeah. hung up in the trees. And it's such a creepy image as they're going through. They're all made very differently. Some of them are super simple, like thin twigs tied together into the stick man. Some of them are bundles of hay, kind of like not sewn just used with twine found around the woods some type of cordage that they made to yeah. tie it together and it's terrifying seeing them all over the place what was the reasoning for that 
Uh, it's just symbolism. So uh, it it's kind of the image, the symbol that they choose to. But I'm saying, like uh, that was really witch. in in the woods, or that they were they just um, made it up in their mind, or that was like real. No, that they were there. <laughs> um, uh, their the symbolism was like the Blair Witch used it in black magic rituals or something okay. like that. So they saw them all throughout the woods. Uh, all everything that you see on camera, uh, if you're not looking at fan theories, actually happened there. Okay. So if you see the rock stones, that means that they're actually there. If you see the stick men in the woods, that means that they're actually okay. there. Um, so they leave there and uh, they camp and they decide that they're not going to use a fire. They're not going to use any lights this time. And this is to try and keep the things away. If they're not there during the day because maybe they're not as easy to spot compared to in the middle of the night. Uh if they're sitting there with a fire and gigantic lights, they're much easier to find. Yeah. So they decide to do that, and they're all sleeping. They don't want to go outside, uh, but they hear noises outside, and then their tent just starts violently shaking. So they just haul ass out of there. Uh, and they turn the lights off. And kind of everything stops at that point. So they go back to the tent in the morning. They stay out the entire night. They wait for the sun to rise. They're not going back there. Yeah. Like, if they're going to fuck with them, take our stuff. We don't care. Right. Uh, they show back up in the morning, and all their shit is wrecked. It's all over the place. And Josh has some type of, like, slime or residue all over his stuff. And nobody else does besides Josh. Josh is the one who kicked over that rock pile. Yeah. So it looks like he's going to be the first one targeted, uh, or more so than the others. And they continue their hike, and they come across the same log that they had to cross twice previously. So now that they're realizing, they're just hiking in circles. Despite, yeah. we walked south all fucking day long, we're hiking in circles. How is that even possible? Um, and then they keep hiking... And then we reach another night. Uh, when they wake up, Josh is gone. He's not there. Uh, they can't find him. They have no idea where he is. And they decide to walk east because, well, south didn't work. Maybe right. east will. Uh, and they're hiking and then they camp again because obviously they didn't escape. Next night they wake up to Josh screaming and crying in the middle of the night. And they're like, that can't be real, can it? There's right. no way that can be real. And they're looking for him. They can't find him. They go looking for him, uh, and they don't find him. But the, the scene is pretty cool because they have their flashlights, and everything outside of this tiny circle is so dark. Yeah. And that's the woods. You can have a great flashlight. It's only going to highlight a small section of your gigantic vision. Right. And terrifying and, and your eyes do play tricks on you like in the dark like especially like at night when you like first wake up and your eyes are just opening it's very like foggy and fuzzy and you have to like blink a little bit to kind of like really get your eyes adjusted especially when you have a flashlight because you're looking just in that direction so then when you go and look left or right or wherever you're looking where the light is not yeah your mind starts really wandering and kind of filling in 
images that are not actually there. Yep. So they wake up and uh, Heather walks out of the tent first and she sees a stick bundle outside of the tent. And she's like, nope, fuck that. Grabs it, chucks it over. But if you look closely, the stick bundle is tied with a piece of Josh's shirt. Oh, I didn't know it was his shirt. I, yeah, I knew it's it was his final. Uh, and she threw it over her side. And she didn't let Mike know about it. And she was over there consulting Mike because he was freaking out. Yeah, he was swaying back and, and forth. then she went over. She couldn't stop herself. She went to check it out. She opened it up, and inside of the bag was Josh's tongue and teeth. It was his tongue. I didn't see the tongue. I saw the teeth. Yeah, it was It was very distorted. You couldn't fully make out what it was, but it was either a chunk of flesh or his tongue. Gross. And blood all over the bag and she, she freaks out she's washing her hand and then at this point she's completely insolvable but she's not telling mike what she saw uh she's trying to keep his wits about him so that way at least one of the two of them have some type of sanity here. yeah uh and they try uh packing up camp and hiking again get out of here but once again night comes so they set up camp, and then we get the famous apology shot where she's apologizing to Mike's parents, to Josh's parents. Hey, this is all my fault. This was my idea. This is my project. Um, I'm sure all that you thought about was the scary movie skit yeah. uh, when you were watching this, but this is such a well, crazy I did, shot. I did know this scene Without seeing the movie, I knew I didn't know where it was or, or why it was, but I do remember this scene and knowing about the scene, even though I never saw the movie. It was but, part of one of the trailers. Well, I'm saying, like, I'm sure not to mention the cover art. I'm saying it probably was a conversation where I saw it for some odd reason, whether it was a friend showed me or whatever, but I do remember seeing the beginning of the scene where she's crying and then the the snot and everything. But then, yes, after that, I started thinking of the scary movie scene, and then I couldn't not yeah, think of it. It was just bubbles. It was bubbles and just like draining, and yeah, yes, it so into a hose. It was, <laughs> it was very hard to actually concentrate to take it serious because I was um, thinking of that famous uh, parody. But yeah. this is a very great, great it's scene. Powerful. It's very it's powerful. Like she's actually crying. She's yeah, you can freezing. Feel... She's shivering. Uh, she says, I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open yeah, my eyes. Right. Like, no matter what, I'm terrified. She apologizes to everybody's family, her own, Josh's, Mike's. She yep. apologizes for, like, even having this idea to start this movie, this documentary. Like, that was really powerful. And you do feel for her if if that's really how she felt. Granted, again, we know it's not a real movie. But yep. the fact that she really took it, like, oh, my God, like, I feel so bad. So that actual quote was, I just want to apologize to Mike's mom, Josh's mom, and my mom. Sorry to everybody. I was very naive. I'm so sorry for everything that happened because in spite of what Mike says now, it is my fault. Because it's my project and I insisted. I insisted on everything. I insisted that we weren't lost. I insisted that we keep going. I insisted that we walk south. Everything had to be my way. And this is where we've ended up. And it's all because of me. That's why we're here right now. Hungry, cold, and hunted. I love you, Mom. Dad, I am so sorry. What is that? I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. We're going to die out here. 
Yeah. Damn. That That's a powerful <laughs> speech for sure. Yeah, they did a good job writing that. And they end up going to sleep, but they wake up with Josh yelling for help again. And they follow the screams throughout the night because they don't think that that's Josh, but if it is, they want to help him. Right. Uh, and the screams lead them to a house in the middle of the woods, and this house is completely falling apart. Um, so at the beginning, Mike runs in really quick looking for him, but Heather's very apprehensive about going into this house. She's like, hey, slow down, slow down, and Mike just hauls ass in there. So they get separated. They eventually get back together again, and they hear Josh screaming for help upstairs. So they go upstairs. There are bloody handprints, yeah, like I saw child's that. handprints all over the walls. Creepy. Um, and then they hear him downstairs, and Mike runs down first, and his camera falls. So then we switch over to Heather's camera, and she goes downstairs slowly into the basement, and it's a very, like, evil dead-looking basement where mm-hmm. dirt floor, torn down, just terrible condition. And her camera pans over. She sees Mike in the corner, and you hear something, and then she falls. Her camera falls. Cut to black. Yeah. And then they wait a solid 10, 12 seconds, and then credits roll. Such an awesome way to end this because this is going back to the Rustin Parr stuff. This is supposedly Rustin Parr's house in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And the bloody handprints are the bloody handprints of all the seven kids that he killed. Awesome ending. Absolutely awesome. What did you think of the ending? I'm assuming you knew about this? No. The end? No. Oh, wow. I had no no idea where this movie was going. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of the end? I... I mean, that freaked me out because what, like, why, why, like, what was down there? Who was down there? Yeah. No, I didn't know the end. That, nobody was down there. What do you mean? It, they didn't find Josh? No, they oh. didn't find Josh. <laughs> See, that was Mike in the corner. I knew Mike was in the corner, but I thought he was, like, they, the reason she fell is because Josh was down there and, like, dead or something. No. So the idea behind it is uh, the ghost killed her while mm. uh, Mike was in the quarter. Oh, similar like similar to okay. how Rustin Park okay. killed the children. Got it. So, so let me Mike ask. Mike was up next. So you don't forget. What about Heather in the map? So the other films in this series and some of the lore behind the Blair Witches inside of the uh, woods of. Uh, Burkittsville, time runs different. It's almost like a time shift type mm. of area to where 10 minutes could take 10 hours, but it also could take 10 seconds. Okay. Um, one day could take one day or it could take three years. Uh, and it kind of plays with time and it changes things. So things that you see aren't actually there and things that are actually there aren't actually, uh, you don't see. Okay. Things like that. Um, so it's a big... Uh, fan theory obviously and they play into it in future um, iterations of this and in a video game too Uh, there are big time shifts inside of these woods so what are some of the other fan theories that were about this movie that you had spoken about that throughout the movie so like in the special uh, features of the movie they advertise this as the 
footage was found in the the remains of the Rustin Parr house. Obviously, this house has long since been destroyed. The house wasn't even there. Uh, it was only the uh, shackles of it, so like uh, the foundation of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was all found neatly packed away inside of a duffel bag. Hmm. And all the tape was in there, all the cameras were in there, and that's how the footage was actually recovered. And then they put it, spliced it, to, gave it to the police after it was declared uh, not evidence for so long. Then it was released, and they spliced it all together and made the movie. Okay. And the, really, the, <laughs> there's probably a lot more out there that that's as far as my knowledge of it goes. Got it. I haven't put too much thought into the Blair Witch in a while. Blair Witch 2 is a fun enough movie. It is such a far departure from the style of this movie that it pissed me off as a kid. But I rewatched it probably two years ago, maybe three years ago, and I had a good enough time with it. It was okay. The 2016, I want to say, cover or reboot, soft reboot, probably a soft reboot it kind of acknowledges that the first one happened i don't think it acknowledged that the second one happened uh but it's kind of also its own story it was pretty good um it showed more than it should which pissed me off Mm -hmm. but it very much lived in the same style as the original one got it so that that one is legitimately scary whereas two not even close um However, after seeing your reaction of this, maybe you'll think 2 is scary and you'll think the remake is not. I I just, I think that because I didn't know what to expect, because, again, you hear, it's like when I watched The Sixth Sense. Like, I just recently watched it within the last few years. Had never seen it when it first came out. So, I'm watching it after all the hype is already out there and everybody already has an opinion and I'm trying to not listen to that and form my own opinion. It's very hard to watch a cult classic movie and not really have a lot of knowledge, but also have knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very hard to kind of enjoy the movie the way you probably should have enjoyed it. Gotcha. And I just read the uh, plot synopsis of the 2016 Blair Witch and that very much is a legacy sequel. So the original happened. This one is after discovering a video showing what he believes to be his vanished sister, Heather, James and a group of his friends head to the forest believed to be inhabited by the Blair Witch. Mm. So this is Heather's brother and a group of his friends trying to find his sister. Why do I feel like I've seen that? I highly doubt that you have, but it's possible. We watched some sort of movie where he was looking for his sister. I feel like that's it. Maybe I didn't know it was it, but I feel like we've seen a movie. You made me watch a movie like that. Hmm. It's possible. Uh, I don't think so, though. I remember watching this one by myself, but I could be very I wrong. don't know. I'm Maybe sure. it was one that you were watching and I just casually caught, which Definitely happens possible. all the time. So we're going to try and find some time to record the next episode. I have no idea when it's going to happen. Um, I'm going to be traveling for work for the next several weeks, so... Maybe we can figure out how to Zoom a podcast together. Yeah. Or maybe we just wait a couple weeks and there will be a slight gap in between this episode and the next episode. We'll figure it out. Yep. Um, 
But is there anything else that you want to say about this film? No, I mean, like, I'm sorry that I was so disappointed. <laughs> no, I fully expected it. Uh, <laughs> this is very much a right place, right time type of film. This film struck solid gold as it hit, and it had almost everything to do with the advertisement of this film yeah. and the originality of it. This is very similar to if you were to watch one of the Hammer films like the original Dracula or the original Mummy movie today, and it's the first time that you watch you'll be like, that was boring as shit. How are people scared of this? Well, 50 years ago yeah. or 70 well, that, years that's ago, what however I mean. long it's like it was, I was, nothing like that had ever happened, and people who watched it then were mortified by yeah. a werewolf. Just the fact that it's there. Right. Now we have so much better movies involving uh vampires or the mummy or whatever or maybe we don't <laughs> because let's be real they're really not that good uh the brandon <laughs> fraser ones were fun but yeah. they're not scary yeah <laughs> the tom cruise one was garbage uh yeah A anyway that that's the same idea so i didn't come into this thinking that you would be like that movie was fucking terrifying but i also <laughs> expected you to be like it was good but not great yeah. So I, that, that portion was a letdown. I, it's a letdown for me because, like I, like I said, I've never seen this. And it had such, like, awesome remarks. I just feel like I missed out on, like, the um, the, the, hype. Fun, the hype. Like, I missed out because I didn't grow up that way. Yeah. So I feel like I missed out on part of my childhood because everybody's seen it back then. And even, like, The Sixth Sense. Like, some of these movies that we're now just watching and I'm getting to look at it for the first time. I'm missing out, so I'm glad that we as parents are involving our children in that type of genre, that yep. they get to grow up in it. Yep. Absolutely. So I think that's pretty much it. That is 1999's Blair Witch Project. Yep. Looking forward to the next one. I don't know when it's going to be or what it's going to be. But, but subscribe. Subscribe yeah. to the the um, the Anchor, the Spotify, the Apple. Click that follow button because then you'll get like, if we do have a little bit of a gap, you'll get when we get the new episode up and running. Yep, absolutely. And if, you, if you're if you still here, that means that you either tolerate us, stomach <laughs> us, or you actually enjoy us somehow. Yes. Uh, please, please, please take another five seconds. You just gave us 55 minutes. Take another five yeah. seconds. Happen on Apple, happen Spotify, happen Anchor, drop a ranking. If you want to download Spotify, even though you don't listen to it, and give us a rating on there as well. Love you long time. Yeah. <laughs> long time. Uh, so till next time, I'm Phil. And I'm Stacy. This is the Hard Judge Podcast. We'll catch you next time.